Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to take a look at one of the largest international service organizations. That's Rotary International. My guest is an expert on this particular group. Jennifer E. Jones, a member of the Rotary Club of Windsor, Roseland, Ontario, Canada, has been selected to become Rotary International's president for 2022 and 2023. This is a groundbreaking selection that will make her the first woman to hold that office in the organization's 116-year history. Ms. Jones is founder and president of Media Street Productions, an award-winning media company in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Jennifer Jones, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Well, thank you, Bill. It's a joy to be with you. I appreciate you being with me. Full disclosure, you and I are colleagues and we're also members of Rotary International. And I, when I think back, not that I was here and you weren't here in 1905, but in 1905, Paul Harris launched Rotary International along with three of his colleagues in Chicago, Illinois. And today we see that Rotary is an organization of nearly 1.2 million members and over 35,000 clubs in over 200 countries and territories around the world. And its motto is service above self. What, what do you think, as you read about Paul Harris, what do you think he had in mind when he launched Rotary in 1905? Well, it's a, it's a charming little tale. He um, was a lawyer, uh, practicing lawyer, originally from the uh, Pennsylvania area. He moved to Chicago and he was missing some of his, um, his friends, the camaraderie that he felt with people. He was in the big city and he felt like he wasn't really getting that kind of um, connection with people. And so he decided to get a, a small group of, of gentlemen together, uh, three others. They met in, a, in, a, in an office. And uh, it was really for the purpose of getting together and, and becoming friends, um, having, having fellowship, one of the, the core values of our organization. And so the, the kind of cool little part of how our name actually came to be is that they met in one person's office, then the next week they met in another person's office, and then the next time they met in another person's office. Hence, they started rotating where they met, and they got together, and hence uh, the name Rotary, which is actually kind of funny because when the name was actually uh, decided upon or, or conceptualized, Paul Harris didn't actually like it. So the, the founder uh, was kind of already uh, over, overruled by uh, some of the members. <laughs> That's a that's a problem when you have a committee. <laughs> you know, <the> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Jennifer, again, congratulations on being selected as the first woman president of Rotary International. And Thank of course, you. our viewers, I'm sure many of them are Rotarians, many of them know Rotarians, but they can check out Rotary at www.rotary.org to get more information. Let's go to, as they say, let's go to the video. I just, it's literally arrived yesterday. You gave an excellent virtual speech to the Rotary Convention, an acceptance speech. And so let's roll it. It runs about three minutes, nine seconds. 
Let's take a look at it and we'll come back and talk about it. My 10-year-old niece, Olivia, calls herself a rotary kid. A couple of weeks ago, she drew a picture of herself and she included the following words. Different is always better, different is me. My heart felt like it would burst. I love that she feels empowered to write those words. Each of us is unique, and that's what makes us special. And in Rotary, we know that our differences really are our strengths. It's our diverse perspective that helps us to tackle the world's most pressing challenges. No matter our background, we are drawn to each other because we know the power of our service. We've all felt it. We know the mysterious, powerful force that service creates, something aimed at others that ends up enriching our souls and creating greatness. Civil rights activist Dr. Martin Luther King once said, everyone has the power for greatness, not for fame, but for greatness, because greatness is determined by service. My friends, we are going to accomplish great things together, and we're going to leave for future generations an organization that reflects the world they live in and that carries forth timeless values we treasure so dearly. Imagine a world that's becoming more aligned with the values of Rotary. We are in a season of outreach in Rotary. We've had to find new ways to connect, new ways to expand our arms a little wider, We've witnessed the strength of our clubs, and because of technology, we also see a rotary that includes people we would have never come into contact with in other times, and who we can't wait to meet face-to-face -face as soon as we can. With this wider reach, it has become a broader, more diverse perspective. Rotary is built on service above self, and those acts of service apply to all people, of every gender, age, nationality, language, belief, or economic status. We are diversifying our friendships like never before. What makes Rotary so wonderful is that we get to share this experience together. We get to grow, to laugh, to dream, to hope, always together. Always knowing that a day in Rotary is a day well spent. It is my great honor to accept your nomination to be president of Rotary International in 2022-2023. Let me leave you with how I started and with Olivia's words. Different is always better. Different is me. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. Jennifer, that was really an excellent speech, just outstanding. And I'm captivated by your niece, by her statement, different is always better, different is always me. What, what, were you, what were you trying to convey to the Rotarians with the speech in general and with that particular theme in particular? Well, I just, when Olivia came forward with this drawing that she had created a, a sort of a self-portrait, if you will, and she signed it, you know, signed by a Rotary kid. That's how she signed it and her name. And she had the words, different is always better, different is me. And I just, my heart, like I said in, in the speech, my heart just nearly burst. I was so happy that she felt comfortable 
in understanding that she could be whoever she wants to be. And when I was thinking of this speech and what I wanted to say, um, certainly through the lens of where our organization and the world is right now with diversity, equity, and inclusion, I thought that this was kind of a just a, a, a perfect little uh, snapshot of what I want and hope the future can look like, that people um, from every corner, every um, you know, every corner of every little part of the world can feel that somehow, some way we're all special. We all belong. We're all part of this beautiful tapestry across the globe. And because I'm coming in as our first woman, yes, different is, is a little, I am a little different than, than what we've seen in the past, but, um, but it's always good. Yes. And diversity, equity, and inclusion is certainly going to be a major plank in your platform, if you will, as you move towards the presidency and you are the president in 2022. This reminds me, when I think about this, I always think about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, especially Sustainable Development Goal number five to empower women. I know Rotary and the UN work together closely on many projects. We'll talk about some of them in a moment. But what do you hope to do as far as expanding the opportunities for women and for diversity and inclusion in Rotary? Well, it's a really a remarkable time in our organization's history. We've fully embraced diversity, equity, and inclusion. We've formed a task force. We have a statement that the board has um, adopted that talks about you know, who we are as an organization and how that opens up uh, doors for others. And one of the things that I think we do best is that we're a non-religious, non-political organization. And so there's areas of our world where we have to have some challenging conversations. And because of our unique ability to keep sort of all that other stuff out, um, we have, we have a, a unique opportunity to host some of these challenging conversations and to, to challenge ourselves to be better. Uh, part of why I'm incredibly glad that we're in this space right now, particularly coming in as a, as a first woman, is that it allows us to have a dialogue about diverse perspective. Instead of it being about being a woman, it's about the fact that we bring together all kinds of diverse perspective from all over, from every corner of the world. And because of that, it allows us, it gives us the ability to solve the world's most pressing challenges because we don't look at things through one lens. We look at it from a multiple um, series of lenses. And consequently, I think we're able to think big. We're able to do uh, stuff that even our own governments are not necessarily capable of doing. That's very true. And I think most Rotarians, if not all, will agree that since women came into Rotary, Rotary is a much stronger organization. It's more diverse and it's able to do much more and affect literally millions more people's lives around the world. Now, Rotary has seven major areas of emphasis, if you will, and we can't get through all of them today, but let's just touch on a couple of them. Uh, the first one is peace and conflict prevention and resolution. And of course, that ties into achieving the fourth object of Rotary to promote world peace, international cooperation, and understanding. One way you're doing that is through uh, peace centers. Uh, basically, just briefly, what are the peace centers? Sure. We have um, a series of peace centers that are located around the world, and we've partnered with different um, very well-established universities to bring forward this master's level program for peace development. And we've got more than, I think it's 1,100 graduates now out of the, the Peace Fellows program. And so essentially, 
there's a certificate program and there's the master's level program. And so getting people from all different vocational backgrounds uh, to go in and look at how building peace into uh, whether it's a journalism role, whether it's a ambassadorial role, whether it's um, as a, you know, a career in any, in any vocation, quite candidly, how do you build the concepts of peace building, conflict resolution into what it is that you do? And consequently, we have seen now these graduates out in the field um, that believe in the DNA of what Rotary stands for peace building and are out putting that into practical application in their own vocations. And so it's, uh, it's quite amazing to actually see this program, which has only been maybe a decade long in its uh, inception, I think that this is the kind of thing that we're going to see multiple paychecks over decades and decades uh, as we go into the future of people who are truly making a difference in the world. Well, it's a remarkable program and it's certainly just outstanding and it's going to affect, again, millions of people's lives and, and to help create that better world. We, we, we say it's a trite cliche, but it really is the truth. We're trying to create a better world. Now, you have so many programs, you have a clean water and sanitation program, you have disease prevention and treatment, and maternal and child health care. But there's one cross-cutting program that I know of anyway that's been so successful. That's the Polio Plus program. It was launched in 1985. You brought the United Nations World Health Organization, the UN Children's Fund, and the Centers for Disease Control in around 1987. What is the thrust of that program? Well, it is one of the largest, if not the largest public health um, initiative ever in the history of the world. And that's the eradication of polio. For many of your viewers and our friends, uh, in our own countries, Canada and the United States, we, we don't really think of polio any longer. It's been gone from the Americas for decades, uh, but it still exists in two remaining endemic countries, Af Afghanistan and Pakistan. And we are committed as an organization to getting across the finish line making sure that every child in the world has these two life-saving drops of vaccine that, uh, that will help them not to ever contract this deadly uh, disease. And so we started this uh, and we brought these other partners on and the gift that has uh, maybe become more amplified in recent times, certainly during this COVID pandemic, is the public health infrastructure that we created along with our partners that is in more than 70 countries that has been able to not only do surveillance and contact tracing for, uh, for polio, but we've been able to take those thousands of frontline workers and also deal with COVID in, in real time. And so this is something that has application well beyond what polio is. And we just announced the 2026 uh, end game strategy for getting across the finish line. And uh, we're, we're, we're looking pretty good. We've got two cases year to date. Uh, that doesn't mean we're not gonna have a lot of bumps. We still need billions of dollars to get this done because we need to immunize more than 450 million children a year. And so it's, it's gonna take some additional effort, but uh, we've got our foot on the gas. We're not taking it off. And uh, we're, we're, the, the finish line is starting to come into sight. It certainly is. And when that pro this program is really underway, and she said it's the largest international health program, it's going to save over 50,000 lives a year. It'll save American U.S. taxpayers over almost $300 million a year and taxpayers of the world, 1.5 billion, not million, but billion. And it's a remarkable program. It's been extremely successful. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. 
The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or Community Access Television Station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup or a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you'd like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're talking about Rotary International with someone who is going to be the president from 2022 to 2023. Jennifer Jones, a member of the Rotary Club of Windsor, Roseland, Ontario, Canada, has been selected to become Rotary International's president for 2022-23, a groundbreaking selection that will make her the first woman to hold that office in the organization's 116-year history. Jennifer, I feel like I should say Madam President. <laughs> we Rotarians go by our first name, so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right. We'll stay with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Excellent game plan. Let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about partnerships. They are absolutely critical. And one of your best partners, one of your strongest partners, you mentioned Bill and Melinda Gates, UNICEF, WHO, but the UN, the United Nations, has been really there since its founding, even before its founding on June 26, 1945 in San Francisco. I, I talked a little bit about that partnership in general terms, and we're gonna roll about a minute's worth of video that Rotary uh, prepared back in 1995, but that's uh, just a little bit. Why is it important to have a partnership with an organization like the, with uh, Rotary and the United Nations? Sure. Well, as you alluded to, uh, Rotarians were actually uh, on the ground floor of the formation of the United Nations back in 1945. There were 49 Rotarians who were part of drafting the UN Charter. And it's a longstanding relationship that we've had. And it was very active back in those days. It kind of um, ebbed a little bit. And now it's come back into uh, a wonderful partnership where we're all uh, dedicated towards building world peace. And so through the UN Sustainable Development Goals, uh, our seven areas of focus that we have align hand in glove with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So we're working on you know, ensuring that we're all uh, good stewards of this world and trying to take care of it in a, a very positive, positive fashion. Uh, it is a, a wonderful relationship. We actually have uh, Rotary, a Rotary UN network of, uh, of affiliates that uh, participate in all different levels and all different uh, conversations that are going on throughout the United Nations. And so it is a unique relationship. We have a voice at the table and uh, it's one that we treasure um, immensely. Mm -hmm. And we're going to show just about a minute of a video that Rotary prepared in 1995 for the 50th anniversary of the United Nations. So let's go to the video and we'll come back and talk about that. that agreement could ever be reached by these 50 countries differing so much in race and religion, language and culture. But these differences were all forgotten in one unshakable unity of determination to find a way to end war. With those sentiments, 
U.S. President Harry S. Truman and other leaders from around the world founded the United Nations. Its purposes? To maintain international peace and security. To develop friendly relations among nations. To help solve global economic and social problems. And to promote human rights. And it's no coincidence that some of these purposes find their roots in Rotary. Nearly 50 Rotarians served as delegates, advisors, and consultants at the historic gathering. The invitation to take part in the Charter Conference was a clear recognition of Rotary's early prominence in efforts to advance understanding, goodwill, and peace around the globe. Jennifer, I think that really shows the unique partnership, just as you described it. And it's so important. And of course, that's used as a model. I know today you see that Rotary is one of the key players. Uh, I won't say the first, uh, but and not the, certainly not the only, but other service clubs like Kiwanis, Lions, they also work with the UN on different part, uh, projects. But Rotary has been there on just a wide range. A minute ago, you talked about the stewardship of the earth. And of course, that's the newest functional area for Rotary, a core area, if you will, and that is climate change, the environment. What, what is Rotary doing in that area? We could begin to talk about all the projects, but why is that important for Rotary and the 1.2 million Rotarians? Well, the importance is we don't have a planet B, we only have a planet A, and we need to treat her well. And so with our more than 2 million uh, members and uh, uh, partners, across the globe, we have an opportunity to amplify our voice. And just by using small changes, uh, they can add up to big change. And so we have, uh, we've looked at the environment, we've been doing environmental projects for a number of years. And when we started looking at adding it uh, just this past year as a new area of focus for the organization, we did a lot of research and quite candidly, in our global grant model, we were doing more than $18 million worth of projects that had environmental impact. And so when we looked at, do we wanna just keep that as an add-on to other areas of focus or do we wanna make it standalone? And I think that, you know, we are leaders. We need to use our voice to say that this is a priority, something that we need to take care of and take the politics out of it. Um, you know, words like climate change can be, um, you know, can be somewhat political. At the end of the day, we all know that we need to do the right things. We need to take plastics out of our water. We need to clean up our wetlands. We need to, do things that preserve planet Earth. And so, uh, as I say, when we've got this many people who can use their voices to amplify it out to their friends, their networks, we are a multi-million uh, movement that has an ability to make a difference. We certainly do. And as you mentioned, there is no planet B. We have to preserve this one because there's no place to go. And once the glaciers melt, the oceans rise, acidification takes place, it's just... There's no other alternative. We simply exactly. cannot turn the hands of uh, the clock back. It just is not going to work. Exactly. But the partnerships are so very vital. And one, I know we've covered a lot of topics, and one we just wanted to try to squeeze in before we're just about to run out of time. And that's a unique partnership between Rotary and the United States Peace Corps that's been developing. And that was sponsored by the partner, uh, Partnering for Peace program, which consists of former Peace Corps volunteers and who are currently, most of them now are Rotarians. And this is a very unique opportunity. Uh, there are about 40 groups, 40 other Peace Corps groups around the world 
that are providing technical assistance in developing countries. Is this something that might be of interest to other rotary groups in say Canada or France or uh, the Netherlands or wherever it might be to develop these partnerships? Sure, and, and you're right. It is a unique partnership, one that uh, was revalidated just this past week with the approval of the next. We, we had it as a pilot program, and we just uh, ratified it as a continuation um, of this uh, of this unique partnership together. And really, um, maybe saying it's unique is is not necessarily the right choice of word because at the end of the day, both organizations are dedicated to service and through service building peace. And I think that uh, it's been a wonderful collaboration. We've seen it play out very well um, in terms of creating uh, more sustainable, larger scale projects. It's certainly, the that is the focus point of where we are as an organization. How do we do things that have longer lasting impact that really have the ability to change um, something and that we can go back in five years and say, it's still working. These are, these are things that are still working. And I think that that's the hallmark of the Peace Corps as well, is making sure that we're not just putting a Band-Aid on things, that we're fixing the root cause of issues and uh, making sure that, that we are creating, again, a better world. It certainly is. And we have to do that. We have no choice. But we've thrown out a lot of different organizations. And just in summary, I want to make sure that our viewers have a chance to go to any of these groups. Again, they can go to Rotary, www.rotary.org. They could go to the United Nations at www.un.org. They could check out Peace Corps at peacecorps.gov and partneringforpeace.org. So that's quite a, a homework assignment for everyone. But Jennifer Jones, I want to thank you. And again, to congratulate you very warmly for being selected as upcoming Rotary president. And to thank you so much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you, Bill, it was a joy. Thank you. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.